Welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most interesting topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 189th edition of Assembly Call Radio and our our 644th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of Thursday, October 1st, 2020. I'm your host, Andy Bottoms. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. On another week that was light on Indiana basketball news, there really aren't a whole lot of things to pick from. Uh, we're starting to see some scheduling details leak out uh, about some other programs, but nothing definitive for IU at this point. They did have workouts resume after a, a pause. I think that's uh, taken place at the very least since the last time that I was on the show. So that's positive news. But uh, I'll, I'll stick with uh, Trace Jackson Davis falling inside the top five of the uh, list that inside the hall and uh, and uh, Dylan Burkhardt of UM Hoops. Uh, put out each year there through uh, they've released numbers six through 25 so far, uh, which we'll be talking about later in the show. And that uh, barring a, a real surprise, uh, Trace is going to be in the top five. And I think as you look forward to next season, uh, he's really always been the, the piece that you looked at and said, the excitement builds because you have a guy like that coming back that performs so well as a freshman. And you think about what he can do with an off season of development, making that leap uh, to become a sophomore and really expanding his game and continuing to build upon the strengths that he showed from a rebounding perspective, the ability to score inside, uh, get to the free throw line. So uh, I, I think he is the the main reason that people are excited for this season. He's got a good supporting cast that we're all excited to talk about, but any team that really wants to challenge for whether this team can challenge for a Big Ten title, that might be a bridge too far. But at least as we've talked about expectations and really trying to have a team that falls in the top five of the league, uh, it, it's hard to do that without a guy who, uh, without at least one player who really sets himself apart and uh, is thought of as a first team all league type of guy. And Trace is certainly that as we head into the season. And uh, we're hopeful that the season proves that out as we go along. And we'll find out uh, at the end of it all things uh, once everything is all said and done. So, with that, let me introduce my esteemed co host for this week's show. First off, to my left, he remembers the days when a movie cost a dollar Heaven help you if you ever decide to pop your collar Play hard but remember fake hustle is a crime He's the coach and it's time Sony time Coach, it's Tonsoni time. What's on your mind this week? Well, j- just sitting here st- uh Still excited the fact that there's been a date, a start date to, for practice, October 14th, coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, glad that uh, the guys are back in the gym and the weight room uh, starting out their workouts. But for me, the scheduling part is really going to be fascinating. And listening to a few college podcasts again uh, on my drive back and forth to our basketball workouts in the morning, you, you get the idea that there's there, it's not an easy job to schedule right now. Uh, this late and with all of the uh, issues that are facing big conferences versus your mid-majors. But the non-conference scheduling, as you know, in our bracketology world, is going to be really interesting uh, because some schools are, are going to only play three or four and, and other schools might play as many as uh, 
uh, seven to get to the full 27. So I'm really interested. And I think a tougher non-schedule, while sometimes you may cringe and say, man, that's a, that's a tough road in this season when maybe it's more of a quote eye test, which I'm not really, I don't enjoy that word, but maybe there's more to it when you play six or seven really tough uh, teams, the Maui classic, the ACC challenge that, uh, if you lose a couple of those but are competitive, that might be okay this year. So I'm really excited to figure out the schedule as the next step uh, in, in my preseason um, look for the Indiana Hoosiers. Yeah, the scheduling stuff is is odd. and We didn't put anything later to talk in the show about it because there's not really anything for IU. But it, you're starting to see teams pull out of some of these preseason events. Uh, just I think because of the numbers game of scheduling, the bubble in Las Vegas that's been talked about with a lot of the West Coast teams, uh, whatever this thing is that Duke's setting up so they can still manage to play a couple uh, cupcakes at home uh, without having to go anyplace else. Just a lot of a lot of moving pieces already, and that's just from what you've heard about, let alone all the stuff behind the scenes. So I'm with you. I'm anxious to see the IU schedule, obviously, but just to see the different ways that that teams approach it will be interesting as we learn more as we go. And to my right. Analyzing players, finding every wrinkle. He hasn't ever hosted, never lifted a finger. He's got all the well, let me quickly add just one thing about this. Dude just interrupted his own jingle. Interestingly enough, earlier this week, an email came across that made me think that we might have to rework part of the beginning of that, where Ryan typed the words, I can host, if if something else happened. We, we, we later found out that he meant co-host. He did, was not in any way volunteering to do that. But for a moment there, I thought we were going to have to reach out to uh, Bob Thompson to get an edited version of the song. But, but alas, here I am, and the song remains unchanged. Ryan, what is your rant about the last week on IU Sports? Uh, first off, I just want to apologize. Or the apologize. Padres, perhaps. Yeah, I, I just want to apologize to everybody listening. The San Diego Padres are in the postseason for the first time in 14 years, and uh, I'm currently watching. We're recording this Thursday night, so I'm currently watching them just destroy my soul and, and get swept out of the playoffs by the Cardinals. So if I'm at all distracted, uh, it's because I've muted myself and I'm screaming exceptionally loud profanity in my apartment. Um, so yeah, that that's where I'm at right now, Andy. I don't even know where we're doing a show right now. I've been focused on this, but no, I, I think that, uh, you know, we're seeing some of these and you guys have talked a little bit about, about the scheduling and how it's going to be different. I, you know, I really think that it's the kind of thing where we don't know what the schedule is going to be. Once the schedule is even set, we're seeing the NFL had to reschedule a football game this week. So because of positive COVID tests. So I think that we're really hitting a spot with this where these schedules are all just going to be wishful, you know, hopeful thinking, I would say. And and some teams will complete their schedules and some teams won't and and things are going to happen. And um, so, yeah, I, I really think that, that all these teams setting up their basketball schedules, it's just sort of hopeful thinking at this point that it all happens or there's going to be changes. There's going to be edits and we have to be prepared for that. Yes. Well, as a Reds fan, I can ensure you, I can assure you that I have no desire to talk about postseason baseball. So let's move on. Uh, this week on the show, we're going to talk through a few Hoosier headlines, which, uh, as I said before, are a little bit tough to come by. And then we'll spend the bulk of the show talking about the Big Ten top 25 players, look at where the IU players fit in, how many made it, uh, just the, the general distribution of that, and, and go through a few questions uh, to see if there are guys that we thought were over or underrated in the process. Go ahead and, and log our complaints to uh, Alex and Dylan on that. And then we'll answer your questions in the final segment, as we always do. 
All that coming up this week on Assembly Call Radio. And before we get to all that, a quick announcement. Please continue to support our friends at Homefield uh, at homefieldapparel.com by using the promo code ASSEMBLY20. Uh, they continue to roll out new schools as part of their big new Saturday. This week, uh, they've been less uh, secretive, although I, I think they've given pretty good hints for all of them at this point. But North Carolina A&T will be the school this week, uh, the first uh, historically black college that they'll be uh, rolling out. And uh, part of that, I believe, a uh, portion of the proceeds, they're going to the, um, I think, the NAACP fund of, of some kind. I, uh, some, one of you guys can check me on that, but I know they're donating part of the, part of the proceeds, which I thought was, was cool, uh, and really underscores, uh, you know, just the kind of people that, uh, Connor and the folks there are. So definitely excited to see what those designs look like. And, uh, you can check that out at homefieldapparel.com. And again, you can save 20% by using the promo code assembly 20. Uh, who's your headlines this week? Uh, we had happy birthday to Al Durham, who turned 22 on Wednesday, September 30th. He shares a birthday with my dad, so uh, happy birthday to both of them. Uh, Archie also called Al an old man in a tweet, which, uh, as someone who's nearly double his age, I found uh, I found a little troubling, but I, I'm sure it was all all in good fun. Uh, around the same time, I think it actually might have been yesterday, um, or maybe it was today. Uh, the uh, on on the IU official site, they've been doing these uh, at least a couple of these 10 question. Uh, segments with with some of the players so they had these for al everybody can go check that out um one of them ryan that i know you'll be glad to uh to hear about uh question two what teammate of yours is poised for a breakout year and why race i feel as though we have yet to see him at 100 percent. feel like he's been working hard and he's about to get everything that he deserves uh there was one of these with joey brunk earlier in the week who also mentioned race he mentioned race and rob finnessy so uh That's right so yes, so, no, I, mean, I, I think I, I think the answer to all those who's going to break out. I think that everybody is picking either Ray Thompson or Jerome Hunter because we haven't seen them healthy. So I think that they're just the natural choice for a potential breakout candidate is two guys with a full off season to be healthy. Yeah, they also uh, other other highlights from Al's. Uh, what went through your mind your first workout your freshman year? He just said this is no joke, uh, and then he also talked about what was your favorite sports memory that happened before you were thirteen year old years old? And he called out uh, Tracy McGrady dunking on Sean Bradley, which uh, I think everyone probably remembers that particular dunk. Where uh, it's a bit of a throwback too. A bit of a bit of Bradley's soul was uh, was taken, uh, and then in uh, let's see Joey Brunks. He said the same thing. Robin Race have looked great all summer. I'm excited for them. They asked him about Lakers or Heat. Um, he said Lakers in five games. I would argue after last night he might be a game too long on that, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, let's see what else did they have here. Anything good? Indianapolis Cardinals and Saint or Indianapolis Colts and St. Louis Cardinals are his professional sports teams. So uh, he might be enjoying the game a little bit more than Ryan is right now. But I think a good good way for them to. Uh, you know, give, give people a little bit of a chance to get to know, uh, a bit about the guys. Um, I don't know, coach, if you had a chance to read that or any, uh, any birthday wishes for Al that you wanted to throw in? No, I just, uh, I hope that, uh, all of those breakout guys are breakout guys. You know, um, we, we deserve the Indiana fans deserve, uh, reaching all the potential of all the players. So, so that, that's my, my goal is that uh, let's have a year where we just uh, all play to the top of our ability. But those are those are good things. One of the things that's important, I, I, I really believe, is to remember that these guys are, are players and students and people too. And sometimes when you get these questions, you, you get to see a little bit of their personality. And it, it's a good reminder that while we get uh, happy when they hit threes and mad when they turn over to basketball, they do have uh, have a little bit of life outside of the game. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh 
then uh, other other big Hoosier birthday this week was was Don Fisher. So um, that that was this week. Jared wrote in here if anybody had a, a favorite Don Fisher call or one that really stood out. Coach, any any really rise to the top for you? I know we play the the uh, smart one on the intro right. of the show every every week, so that's probably the one we've heard the most. But I don't know if any others really stand out. Well. You know, anything where you hear his voice. I mean, it's just Indiana sports when you hear Don Fisher uh, on the broadcast. And, you know, I I haven't had a chance to really sit down and talk to him or or meet him, but my son, when he was a manager, said that Don Fisher is one of the nicest guys that you've ever met, would take time to get to know all the people in the basketball program. And and that doesn't surprise me. And happy birthday to Don. I, I. I hope that he can continue going on and on and on because whoever has to replace him is going to have some huge, um, you know, shoes to fill. But happy birthday, Don, and thanks for all you do. You make uh, when we can't tune into the television. You make, uh, and sometimes even when we tune into the television, we find uh, your voice uh, to, to, to be soothing. But happy yeah. birthday! Yeah, definitely, yeah. Ryan. You have the any? Wa- the watchdog call is is the big one yep. for me, and that that's been the big play in my time as a fan that stands out. You know, it's not a championship winning call, but it, it's you know one of the great ones, and that's that's easily the best since I since I've been a fan. Uh, it went in, it went in, you know, and he's screaming it. It's uh, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, there were. I, I always like uh, the journey when they do the Big Ten version of that, and they'll usually as they pick up big games and and you know at this point watching the. Uh, with doing the show and, and the games, like more often than not, I'm home watching it on TV and, and really trying to follow it that way. Got too many other things going on to introduce. Also trying to listen to to his call on it. But it's nice to even in those little snippets, I think kind of like you said, coach, just to uh, hear his voice a bit. And and I have a lot of great football memories of of listening to those, whether it was, you know, being in the car on a Saturday, driving around, doing uh, doing whatever. I'll even do that sometimes today where uh, or now where I'll go out and just put it on my phone, mow the grass or something like that. And it's just as enjoyable to me to, uh, to listen to him. And yeah, he, he definitely just an institution, uh, as far as IU sports goes. So happy birthday to fish for sure. Have you, wait, Andy, have you ever gotten a chance to meet him? I have, I have not. I have not. Well, uh, oh, hang on. That's a fair question. Did you, did you have much interaction with him when you were, um, when you were a writer at the IDS at all? Uh, not when I was at the IDS, but afterward, when I was working uh, in Columbus at the Columbus Republic, I met him a couple, just a handshake kind of thing. And then one time out in Maui, when Tom Crean took the team out to Maui his first year when they were really bad, uh, I got to talk to Fish a few times in the in the press area. Just a great guy, just in general. I mean, always, you know, he, he didn't know who I was and, and uh, had a really good conversation with him a couple times and just couldn't be a nicer guy and couldn't be more, you know, I don't know, just that he has a presence, you know, and he, and he's mm-hmm. just such a, such a good dude. And he didn't have to spend time doing that. I'm sure he gets people coming up to him all the time and I'm sure he interacts with them the same way. Yeah, absolutely. No, he not, not somebody I've ever, maybe I said hi to him in, in passing once just, uh, when I went past him, but have never had the chance to sit down and talk to him. So would definitely enjoy the, uh, the chance to do so. All right. Well, coming up, our friends at Inside the Hall have been releasing their annual list of the top 25 players in the Big Ten. We point out where we agree and disagree and which Hoosiers were snubbed. That's next on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. 
Play Now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase Player Five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase Player Five. Hi, this is A.J. Moye. What's the only thing better than upsetting Duke in the Sweet 16? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach for the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers! Thank you, AJ, and welcome back to the Assembly Call. You can find all of our content at our website, assemblycall.com, and if you ever want to join the chat mob during our unedited live broadcast or watch those replays and see all the between-segment banter, then check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash assemblycall. I'm Andy Bottoms here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni, and the shot, Dr. Ryan Phillips, and uh, the main thing we wanted to touch on tonight was that uh, friends at Inside the Hall and UM Hoops, uh, as they've done for I'm not sure how many years running at this point, they put out a list of their top 25 Big Ten players heading into each season. So I wanted to run that down. Uh, I'm going to do these the, the little bit the same way they do in, in terms of uh, listing off five at a time, and we'll maybe pick a, a guy out to talk about from that. So starting at number 25, you've got Liam Robbins uh, of Minnesota. He's a transfer from Drake. Uh, that became immediately eligible. Adam Miller, a freshman from Illinois. I'll at least give the schools repeat the ones that are uh, newcomers at least. 23rd, Christian Lander of IU. 22, Jordan Bohannon, who is, uh, who is back for Iowa after uh, taking a redshirt year last year. And 21, Seth Towns for Ohio State, who's a grad transfer from Harvard. So, uh, yeah, the, the IU story here is, is Lander and, and coach. I, this is probably the hard part of their exercise, and I, I'm, I think Alex typically puts out a podcast about this and, and kind of talks through some of that. How do you or how would you assess somebody like Lander, who you know the, the pedigree and the talent is there, but hasn't played in a Big Ten game uh, and and all that? How would you assess him? Do you, do you think this was too high, too low? Well, based on what he's done in AAU and, and the rankings, I think this is probably appropriate. Um, but he's got to prove it on on the college floor. And so, you know, a lot of preseason rankings, whether it's your top 20 teams, top 25 teams or whatever, are based on potential and what you know or what's been done in the past. I think he's probably earned the right to be in the top uh, 25, 23, 24. He potentially can move up if he's a five-star guard and can really adapt moving uh, into college early. Uh, and really, you know, if he has a better than average or good year, I think he moves up from here. But I, I would agree that he's in a, he's in the right spot. Um, you know, we we talked about uh, Al Durham being you know the second most dispensable player uh, a few weeks back, and and he's not even also considered. But that's just probably a, a, a talent um, situation between he he and Lander, where Durham might be more important to this year's team as a senior leader and his offensive game. Then Lander is because we have a couple point guards, but potential wise, yeah, Christian Lander has the skills to be a top twenty-five Big Ten player, and, and I think he's appropriately listed. The question for me in this segment here is just the, the transfers. You know, uh, Liam Roberts played Indiana State, and he was good, but I don't know that he really truly was super great in the Missouri Valley. Um, you know, the bigs who come into the Big Ten are going to have an awakening. I, I don't know that it's that easy a transfer 
so so those would be interesting for me to watch. Yeah, the, the Townsman is interesting given his injury history and things like that at Ohio State. Always been a really talented guy when he's been healthy at Harvard, but that has been more the exception than the rule. Uh, so we'll get into the next five here. Uh, number 20, Justice Suing, uh, an Ohio State guy, a transfer from Cal, although he was in the program last year and sat out. Uh, so he was a, a decent scorer for a, a pretty bad Cal team, but he, he's there. Uh, you've got Eric Hunter, number 19 from Purdue, Geo Baker, 18th from Rutgers, Demetric Trice at 17 from Wisconsin, and Myron Jones at 16th from Penn State. Uh, Ryan, any of these guys stand out as potentially too high or too low? We talked about Geo Baker a little bit in the break, um, just because I, I think he's gotten some flack because of where Andy Katz had him ranked as in terms of like top top guys coming back in college basketball, but uh, he was one we talked a little bit about in the break at least. Yeah, I think Eric Hunter will be interesting for Purdue, quite frankly. Um, he's a guy who's, you know, a junior. Uh, he was sort of in that same guard, Indiana guard class as Rob Finnessy, and, and it looks like he's going to have the opportunity to really step up this year. Does he do it? I, I think that's what's going to be fascinating is can he live up to the billing that essentially when he came in, he was a guy they really pinpointed as, as somebody who would, uh, you know, be a big piece for them. And he's been good, but does he take that next step now that some other guys are gone and, and take over uh, as, as a lead guard for them? Yeah, I think the, uh, he was definitely one that stood out to me. I was really impressed with the, the jump he made from a freshman to a sophomore. I think some of that goes to not having to play a whole lot as a, as a freshman and being able to you know, be around some of the, the veterans that they had on that team. Um, Myron Jones, another interesting one for me with, with no Lamar Stevens, what does that mean for him? Certainly more shots to go around, but um, having Stevens there was a, a guy who created yeah. a lot of space for him and he shot 40% from three, but, um, is he able to do that again? But as a, a younger guy, uh, I, I was fairly impressed with him and I know coach, you were talking about Geo Baker that you, you like guys who aren't afraid to, uh, to take big shots. Ryan, I won't let Ryan chime in again with his, uh, with his, uh, counterpoint to, no, I'll stay out to, of it. to said argument, but, uh, I, I know you were talking about him a little bit. No, I, I do. I do like closers. Um, and it's not only the the desire to take big shots; you got to make a few every once in a while. Um, and that that's ultimately what's going to be the difference in Geo Baker moving up uh, in in the top fifteen or moving down is whether he his stats and his percentages, as was mentioned uh, in between segments. But um, I like Geo Baker uh, a lot more than a lot of people do, just because uh, I think if the game's close. He, he can take it over, and they got a couple. We are going to talk about the other Rutgers guy that, that just have a little bit of a toughness and a swagger to them offensively, and, and so that's why I, I kind of enjoy watching Geo Baker play. That's a good segue to uh, 15 through 11. So 15 is Ron Harper Jr. from Rutgers. Uh, 14, Joey Hauser, the Marquette transfer at Michigan State. 13, Rocket Watts from Michigan State as well. 12, Nate Reavers. And 11, Marcus Carr from Minnesota. I think a number of guys in this group uh, could could have reasonable arguments to be in the top 10. Uh, Rocket Watts is the one that I'm most interested in just because I think uh, if you want to believe in him, you're going to say this ranking is too low because of how well he played by the end of the year last year. If you don't, you're going to say that that was a product of being on the floor with Cassius Winston. Uh, and maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle, but I, I think he's uh, he's one that has a pretty wide range of outcomes within this group, uh, as well. Uh, Marcus Carr played really well. Again, doesn't have Oturu to get the ball to, but I thought he was a really solid guard, uh, for Minnesota. So some, some interesting guys in here, a anybody in particular, if you had to pick one of these guys coach that you'd say, 
hey, this should have been a guy that's in the top 10. Is there one of these five that, that stands out to you? Uh, Marcus Carr, um, for me, um, you know, kind of dabbled and maybe going pro, um, and, and then is sitting here at 11. Uh, it, you know, obviously the success of your team is going to influence some of this a little bit. Minnesota has some question marks of, of where they're going to end up. Um, you know, are they a team in the rise that can get to eight or nine in the big 10 and maybe make the NCAA tournament? But I think he's skilled enough. Uh, if there's a, if there's enough around him that he just doesn't have to play hero ball, you know, I, I you know, some of the guys below him in, in this next six to 10, they're nice pieces, but they're also pieces in a system. Uh, as opposed to just individually skilled basketball players. So, again, that comes down to your criteria of how you're going to rank them. You know, guys from Wisconsin aren't individually talented better than some of these other guys, but they're successful because of the system, and they're able to score because of the system. Uh, and, and does that make them better basketball players on this list, or is it just there right now in a system that's more established? But I, I think Marcus Carr is a, is a young man to watch as far as uh, his influence on the Big Ten this year. Yeah, as soon as we get in – from six through 10, this is the group that was revealed uh, on Thursday. 10 is Joe Wieskamp from Iowa. Nine, Aaron Henry from Michigan State. Eight, Isaiah Livers from Michigan. Uh, seven, Travion Williams from Purdue. And six, Micah Potter from from Wisconsin. Uh, Ryan, I, I would hesitate to give you the chance to talk about Wisconsin guys. So does Potter seem too high? Is the gap between him and Nate Reavers too big between six and 12? Uh, give us your thoughts on Wisconsin big men as, uh, as an aficionado of such things. I'm going to pass on this one, but I do have someone to talk about on this list. And it's Joe Wieskamp and he's number 10. I think that might be too high. If you look at last year's number, he did score more, but his three point percentage dropped by eight points. He shot about the same amount of three pointers. It dropped by eight points. His field goal percentage dropped by six points. He wasn't the knockdown guy. You're absolutely terrified of last year that he was previously He scored more points because he had more responsibility and played five more minutes per game. But I just I was shocked to see that his numbers actually went down the the peripheral numbers. He shot better from the free throw line, which is probably had a lot to do with that point total going up, shooting more from the free throw line and playing a bit more. But in general, his shooting numbers dropped. And the other guy is Aaron Henry. I've heard Aaron Henry hyped since he got to Michigan State. He shot 34% from three last year, 44% from the field. His numbers dropped across the board, kind of like Wieskamp. And, and he's up to 10 points a game. But he's never been that guy that's just this uber insanely talented guy who's out there crushing it for Michigan State. And he's entering his junior year, and we haven't really seen a breakout from him. So I'll be interested to see what both of those guys do. I feel like they're hyped because people didn't really examine what happened last year, and they're kind of hyped on their reputations, Beside, you know, aside from the fact that they didn't really come through last year when more was counted on. The narrative is better than their their performance. That's what uh, I, I believe, feel for yeah. both of those. So I agree. And when you look at the guys we just talked about, Rocket Watts and Marcus Carr, potential wise, right? I'm not sure their stats are are better than the stats of those two guys that we met. But I, you know, if I were drafting a team, uh, would I take Wieskamp or I, would I take Marcus Carr uh, on my team? Uh, again, depending on the strategy of how you wanted to play. But I would probably take Mar uh, Marcus Carr and Rocket Watts and Ron Harper uh, ahead of Wieskamp. Henry's got some athleticism to him uh, that I like. And then Livers. Yeah, that I one's think, on potential. I get yeah. ranking Henry high because of the athletic potential. Yeah. But we just haven't Livers seen it is a little. A 
is interesting at eight too. And and I know Trevion Williams does a good job at the, in the Purdue system and, and can be okay there. And Micah Potter with the, the, the three point shooting of the Wisconsin bigs is impressive because that makes that swing offense just dangerous because you can post up guards and then big guys have to come out and guard threes against Wisconsin. So, uh, you know, I have no problem with Micah. I think he's a little bit uh, too high. Uh, again, I think that's a system number. Um, but boy, uh, livers, I think could really push to be in the top five, um, for, for Michigan. So this is an interesting grouping right here uh, of, of rankings that came out. Yeah. I, I've, you know, livers, his ability to stretch the floor and really when he got hurt last year uh, was, was when they started to tail off a little bit and, and struggle, you know, question for him. That's what so many of these guys, even in Aaron Henry, if, if you couldn't perform or really make a leap alongside Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman and, and guys who often or defenses really had to account for, are you able to do that now that those guys are gone? I think perhaps the same can be said of, of livers where you're, you're breaking in new point guard and, and some of those kinds of scenarios. So definitely an interesting group. Um, the, the Micah Potter, Travion Williams, they're the ones who are probably in the, the least fluid situations, at least from last year. Cause even Wieskamp could lose shots with Bohannon coming back and things like that. So that leaves the top five. Now, now four of these top five were pretty easy to f- figure out. Uh, you've got Luca Garza, you've got Io DeSunmu, you've got Kofi Coburn, and you've got Trace Jackson Davis. The other one we're assuming is Franz, uh, Franz Wagner. Um, I, I don't really know who else it would be. I don't see any scenario in which Alex would allow Brad Davison to be ranked uh, anywhere near, clearly what not about, anywhere near this list. Um, what, what about Josh Lankford? Uh, yeah, I don't. Back, I, I think he's still dealing with the injury. Last I, I saw, he was coming back. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that that's been totally clear yet. So I guess it could okay. be him. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. So we're we're assuming Wagner for the purposes of this. Maybe we'll maybe tomorrow morning we'll find out that we're wrong. So um, I think he would have to be fifth, no matter what. And then you've got those other four, which I think those other four were probably the the layups of of the group. Um, so the Wagner one is surprising, assuming that's right. I don't want to linger on that too much in case we, it turns out we're completely wrong about that. But I, I guess of those other guys, l- let's put it this way. Who do you have at number one? Coach, I, I feel like I have an idea. but uh... Oh, I'm going – someone said it on, on Twitter. I'm going with IU. I think he's the best all-around player um, offensively, the closer that I've talked about and will continue to talk about. Uh, you know, just heard his coach about where better shooting – and he's been in the gym trying to extend his range. Um, felt that he didn't have as good a shooting performance last year as possible. So it seems like he's a little bit hungry. And then, you know, right behind him is Trace Jackson Davis for me. And and I, and I know everyone's going to say Garza, Garza, Garza. Yeah, Garza get thirty, and and Iowa gives up ninety eight. I'm impressed by your offensive ability, but um, I, I think Desumo and Trace Jackson Davis are are going to be more complete players fighting for player of the year. Uh, and I, I think that's going to be an upset unless the narrative just takes over that you got to give it to Garza because it points per game. Ryan, what about you? Would you have IO at number one or yeah. do you go Garza? IO IO is number one for me. And then I've got Trace Jackson Davis and Coburn right now, right back to back. I don't know who, who you put first. I have a basically tied because they both, you know, can contribute in, in different ways and, and, uh, and help you. And, and so I, I like both of those guys. Uh, and then I would put Garza right after that. You know, not a lot is given to rebounding and intimidation in the lane. You know, Coburn can really intimidate people in the lane, and he can move for a big guy. Um, 
So, you know, that's where he's good. Both those, and I think TJD is going to be better defensively. He has to be better defensively, but he can play some defense too. And, and being a defensive minded guy, I, I, it bothers me sometimes when guys get accolades because they can score 24 points a game and not guard anybody. Um, because that's the stat that you can look up and see. And so I, I think Trace Jackson Davis and Kofi both deserve a little more recognition sometimes than they get, even if it's just moving up from three to four, uh, moving up a couple slots. Yeah, so as you look through it by team, you've got it, – it's interesting that this aligns pretty well to what people – the way that people would tear out the league. So uh, the teams that had three players on the list, uh, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Illinois. Teams that had two players, IU, Michigan, Ohio State, Purdue, Rutgers, and Minnesota. Minnesota may be the outlier. I think they they tend to be talked about toward the, the bottom of that because of some of the transfers and things like that. You've got one at Penn State, and then the zeros, an interesting one here, Nebraska Northwestern, not surprising, Maryland with with nobody. Uh, I think based on what they lost, it's hard to, to argue that. Aaron Wiggins did make the also considered in no particular order, but it is uh, it, it is kind of interesting to, to look at how that lays things out pretty well with how I think a lot of people are seeing the league this year. So Jared did chime in uh, with his IU-related quibble, as he called it here. Uh, C.J. Frederick from Iowa was also in the others considered. So his contention here is that if CJ Frederick is going to make others considered, then Al Durham should have been on there. Uh, his, his rationale, Frederick had a better three point percentage on just eight more attempts, but Al had a higher usage rate, more than double Frederick's free throw rate had a block. Uh, I don't know what the block. Is, uh, oh, so he was, I think better in most other categories. It seems like if I'm interpreting his, his note in here correctly, um, so yeah, I, I was a little bit surprised not to see Al in that mix. I think it's it's reasonable uh, to potentially say he's not on, not in the top twenty-five. But I do think he was worthy of consideration. Uh, a lot of that group was uh, there were a handful of newcomers in there, uh, and then you had uh, EJ Liddell from Ohio State, Wiggins, as I mentioned, CJ Frederick, Seth Lundy. Those were the returnees, and then a few uh, freshman guys in there. You know, coach, did it surprise you not to see Al? mentioned at all in this process and and would you have put him in your top 25 you know uh, I think L is a huge part of our success this year and he has been a uh, solid in in his work ethic and, and in increasing his skill level and game and he will be a huge component for us do I think he's a top 25 player in the big 10 uh, no but I don't think he needs to be to help Indiana um I'm trying. I'm going to forget the guy that graduated, Feliz from um, uh, Illinois last year. I don't know that he was a top 25 player for Illinois, but he did all the little things, and he could go out and break out and score 18 to 20 points at some point, and he had all the things that they needed over there. Um, you you don't need to be a a, a top you know um, all Big Ten type of player to be productive. So it didn't surprise me because you know he was a top what 240 recruit coming in. He he wasn't a, a really hugely heralded recruit when he came in he's made himself into a solid big 10 player just not a, a top 25 if anything cj frederick's in the same boat and shouldn't even been considered as well would probably be the way that i would have gone with it yeah i don't think alice belongs on the list maybe in the others considering you know others receiving consideration or something like that but i yeah i don't think al belongs in the top 25 players in the big 10 until he proves it and he's got to prove it this year. We saw we saw growth from him. We saw some individual games where I thought he played well. Um, but we need a consistent thing. And and 
you know, if you're going to knock him, if you're going to knock Garza as, as coach did for defensively, Al had his defensive mishaps last year a lot. And so you can't just, if you're, if it's, it's all about offense, you're not considering the back end of the, of the floor and, and he needs to be better defensively. I think he's has that ability. And I think at times he looked much better, but he's got to do it consistently. So yeah, until he does that on both ends of the floor, I think that you, you can't leave, put him on this list. I'm not into a lot of false um, motivation stuff and bulletin board material stuff, but at some point I'd have a couple guards in my office saying, you know what, uh, people don't think you're in the top 30 of the Big Ten, Rob Finnessy and L. Durham, and I think differently. I believe in you, but so we're going to have a little bit of chip on our shoulder um, to, to prove to, to some of these people. Um, and I know that they're good people, so I'm not really criticizing the list because this list I think is pretty on point. Um, a little difference at the at the twenty one through twenty five uh, for me, but I think it's a solid list. But you could use that a little bit of motivation. You just got to be careful not to use too much of that because it, it wears out quickly. I think in the in the coaching world. But hey, we got something to prove for a couple of players who really are important for uh, Indiana's success. All right, so real quick, uh, coach, I'll go to you first. Any who on here stands out as being the most overrated and then uh we'll just rapid fire these so who was most overrated on the list in your eyes uh the most overrated i'm gonna go down to uh i i like i said i had some issues with the 21 through 25 but i don't know if that's necessarily overrated i think those were fair um I, I'm, I'm gonna go down with Wieskamp camp at 10 along with what ryan said i think both micah potter and trevion williams aren't the sixth and seventh best players i think their stats might be sixth or seventh uh i i think the there's some players in the top 15 that'll move ahead of those. So those are the ones that come to mind for overrated. Ryan, what about yeah, you? I'd, I'd say Wieskamp as well. Wieskamp or Aaron Henry, the two I mentioned. I think that they're overrated. And, and again, but I, I do acknowledge that both of them could come out and have great years. But if we're going on what we've seen, I think they're both overrated. Yeah, I, I probably would go with those. I think if Wagner is in the top five, that feels, you know, again, maybe there's the pedigree from uh, from his brother. Uh, maybe that's part of it. I don't know, but yeah, I think, I think those guys just assuming that, uh, especially with Henry, that he's going to be that much more successful, uh, without, uh, the guys that were around him. I think he showed some great flashes as a freshman, but didn't see that same jump as a sophomore. So I think in that range is, is probably there. Uh, all right, coach most underrated in your eyes then on the list. I'm going to go, I've mentioned it earlier, uh, Marcus Carr. Uh, I, I think he's going to be, you know, everything for Minnesota, and I, I think he's poised to to have a um, a real solid year. That would be that would be one. Uh, but really, I think thirteen through fifteen, Watts, Hauser, and Harper can really impact their teams this year. So, and I just think those three are are a little bit underrated on this list. Um, they they definitely would be, you know. Closer to 10, 9, 10, 11, if, if I had to, to make some rearranging. I don't think they're misplaced a whole lot, but that's that's who's on my list of underrated. Ryan, what about you? I'll do some fan service here. Christian Lander is underrated. How about that? I think he's a top 20 player in the Big Ten. Could I think be. he's got to prove it. He I does, agree, yeah. but I think he's got to prove it yet. But that's a five-star The age, the age thing's just hanging yeah. over him, right? But that's the a five-star five top point guard in the country. That gets you in the top 20, I think. Yeah, for, for me, I'd probably have had Marcus Carr um, a, a bit higher. The other guy that I really think could could take another leap is Eric Hunter. Um, I hate to give too much credit to Purdue guys here, but, I mean, you look his year one to year two, 
he makes another step up as a, a you know, guy that really struck me as becoming a leader on that team. Uh, and just you've seen the trajectory of some of the guys that they've had in the backcourt go through that. I think he could end up outperforming that. It's probably fair where he's at now, but I think he's a guy who could uh, who could make a bit of a jump for sure. All right. Well, good work by Alex and Dylan, as always, and uh, good to good to actually talk about some some basketball stuff. So we'll take that anytime that we can get it. So coming up in our third segment, we're going to answer your questions, uh, as we always do. So stick with us here on the Assembly Call. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. This is Jordan Halls, and I never miss a shot or an episode of The Assembly Call. Thank you, Jordan, and welcome back to The Assembly Call. I'm Andy Bottoms, along with Ryan Phillips and the coach, Brian Tonsoni. And remember, you need to be subscribed to our email newsletter. We send out a weekly IU News Roundup, even during the offseason, and after every game, we send out a detailed post-game analysis. Just text IU to 66866 or go to assemblycall.com. That's IU to 66866 or go to assemblycall.com. Now time for our mailbag. Questions submitted via our private IU basketball discussion community, which you can learn more about at assemblycall.com slash community. First question is from Brian, not the coach. Uh, does IU plan to have some kind of Hoosier hysteria without fans, obviously to introduce the team or at least use it as a conduit to promote charitable donations as the event usually does, or will they resort solely to using social media to hype up the fans coach? You're a huge fan of these social media, uh, hype videos. So it's only fitting that you answer this. I, I honestly don't know. I haven't heard anything. I imagine they will try to do something um that they would broadcast just broadcast or, it yeah. yeah i know they've done I, that like stream that on btn yeah. or btn plus before or something like that but uh, in the day of you know television and, and and needing fans and especially now to maintain fans that you haven't been allowed to be in the the gym for a while i think it's very important to have some publicity um so i, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a practice or there was some sort of scrimmage that was uh filmed and on btn or something like that you know uh, and to be honest, from a coach's perspective, nothing's worse than those open scrimmage. We do soap scrimmages in high school and all that because it, you lose some practice time, uh, and that's where you really get get better. But you do have to understand that it's for the fans, and generally it's for the recruits too. Uh, but if you could fill that in and have some uh, marketing thing where you know recruits who are watching uh, on their own see see what you're doing, I think that has to happen. Um, but in this day, when you only got 20 hours or whatever the rules are. Man, it's hard as a coach to give up some of those hours um, for 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 that publicity thing, but it, it is one of those necessary things that, that has to be done. Yeah, you'd like to think that maybe even you know you donate something because usually they collect canned goods to give to the food bank. So, is there some way to you know donate maybe an online, money, maybe donate donation. money, and then that's what allows yep. you to see the stream of it or something like that, or 
or just uh, you know like during it have a donate button that people can can click on and and donate a few bucks or whatever you know i mean yeah there's there's ways to do it they just have to get creative this year yeah i'm sure they'll i'm sure they'll figure out some way to do it uh all right chris i've seen iu pick seventh in the big 10 also listed as a fifth seed in the ncaa tournament what is the bottom line for us to feel we're moving forward and not just the middle of the pack big 10 program i, I think we've talked about this a few times on over the course of the offseason uh talked about it on the hysterics podcast and on that yeah so ryan maybe maybe reiterate your uh your stance on on kind of where things need to be Typically, it's top four in the Big Ten for me, and 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 the other criteria for me is to easily make the NCAA tournament, where you're not waiting till Selection Sunday or a week before to figure, or the Big Ten tournament to figure if you're in. But I would also say it might not be the top four this year because of how top, how good the conference is going to be. I would say in that top group, whatever that is, that's five, six, whatever that are in within a couple games of the of the tie of the regular season title. Um, you know that top group and be a. Uh, uh, in it and be challenging, maybe not win the, the Big Ten title. That's always your goal, but be challenging for that title. Um, I think that's where you have to be for if, to feel like IU is is a program that's moving in the right direction. I feel like that's the step they have to take this year. Coach? Andy, you, you know this as a bracketologist. I never really realized this till I got into bracketology, uh, and it makes just number sense that if you're a 4-5 or a 6 seed, you're a top 25 team, and, and that makes you pretty dangerous in the tournament. It, when, before I started getting into it, I thought, oh, 5 or 6 seed, you're not very good. You know, the tournament, it's only for 1 and 2 seeds. And, and a lot of those teams, top 1 and 2 seeds do advance, and that's where you want to be. But to be consistently back um, as a good program, again, the top three or four in the Big Ten, making that tournament as a as a top – you know, six seed or better on a regular basis uh, and getting some of those one, two, three seeds uh, every once in a while, I think is is where Indiana needs to be. And, and I think we're closer to that than we've been at any time in the in, in recent history, even given some of the up years during the, the Korean years. Uh, we still just need to display some patience. But the, the question also said a seventh Big Ten finish. Andy Katz has a seventh in the Big Ten, but a five seed. I, I would look at that seed. That's that's a top twenty-five team. Um, that's pretty good for uh, you know anyone in college basketball. Um, even though the road to the Final Four is a little tougher in in that kind of thing, but um, you know the top twenty-five, the tw- number twenty-five team in the nation is a seven seed. Um, so I, I've tried to remember that in the most recent years. Yeah, I think that's where some of the, one of the things that I. I guess came to realize as part of doing that is one, it doesn't really matter where you finish in the league in terms of what seed you get. It's, it's about your resume. And so I think you could, well, I don't think we'd feel great about a seventh place finish. I think most of us, as as Ryan said, are hoping for top four, top five as, as the next step in the, in, in the building process. But you could see with a deep Big Ten, if you do finish seventh, it doesn't mean you're not going to get a good seed in the tournament so long as you're, you know, winning some games and um, see how the non-conference plays out, all the scheduling stuff that we alluded to a little bit earlier in the show. So um, I, I don't – if the seventh place in the Big Ten of those two things that you mentioned would probably not feel all that great uh, without really seeing how the Big Ten teams are going to play. But I think a five seed you'd feel relatively good about because, as Coach said, that puts you in, uh, you know, in that top 20 – type position. So, uh, I, I think both those things are fine, but yeah, I tend to feel like you need to be top five in the, in the league. And w- if you're able to do that, the seating piece of it really takes care of itself, but you need to yeah. see that next big step this year. Cause the, the incremental improvements over the last couple of years just haven't been enough. 
this is from Jared. If I told you Luca Garza doesn't win Big Ten Player of the Year, who would you bet is the winner? Uh, he said, "We know Coach will pick Io. I guess if you and you and apparently Ryan will too because he yeah uh, I was because he, he said that uh, yeah I it that feels the most likely because I think even if Wisconsin was to win the league because a lot of times it'll come from a team that finishes you know really high in the league. If Wisconsin won the league, I don't know that one guy really stands out above everybody else to a point where." Oh yeah, Micah Potter is the guy, or Nate Reavers is the guy, or or whatever that case might be. So I would tend to say Io just because he's probably going to put up numbers either way, and it seems really unlikely that they fall out of the top two of the league. So I, I think that's probably a, a clean sweep. Any any dark horse candidates on that one from anybody? Trace, Trace Jackson, Jackson Davis, Davis would love to see him push for it. <laughs> there we are. All right, hey, uh, hey Ryan, real quick. I mean, if we had time, yeah, when you good. when you. It, your interviews from players, you learn a little bit about their swagger on the court. When, when I had a chance to listen to IU talk, uh, I'm not into the pop your collar stuff, but I am into the real confident, I want the ball. And boy, in his press conferences, he lets you know that he's there to win and not mess around. And, yeah. and, I, and some people see that as a little cocky, but I kind of like that with an attitude as long as it's not outwardly displayed too much on the court. You uh, want that cockiness from your alpha dog. Maybe not from your right. bench guys, maybe not from the third scorer on your team, and you want a little humility from some of those guys. But from your alpha dog, you want that Kobe, Jordan, you know, mentality. You don't expect them to be that good, but you want that mentality where they want the ball and they think they can beat you. I mean, there were times you watch Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant say, can essentially say to the defender, I have the ball here. I'm going to take it right there. I'm going to score, and there's nothing you can do about it. You want that attitude, and I think Io does have that. I mean, you've seen him hit enough big shots last year to know that that's a guy who has confidence in himself to the point where he always yeah, thinks he's going to come through. And through Delphi Bracketology Media Access, I've heard him talk in the, in the press room, and, boy, he lets you know that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to take it, and this is what I do. I score. That's why I got the ball. I mean, he's a great interview. Um, and I know that doesn't mean you're going to be a great basketball player because Tim Priller was a good interview. Um, but, um, no offense, Trent, Tim, but, um, yeah, I think I, I O is going to be the, the, the one to take it this year. All right. We got this question in from, uh, from Jeremy here, uh, Ryan's friend. Should Ryan a braid his beard B grow it into a giant goatee, like the lead singer of anthrax or C trim it like a 19th century cavalry officer. How about just D shave it? Braid it. I really just want to shave it. I mean, I'm not sure what's stopping you at this point. Uh, this this yeah. is within your control. I want to do it all at once, and it's been really hard to get a haircut. I want to do it all at once. That's the only thing. I think you're really starting to like it. I feel like the haircut excuse has grown grown weary, and that you're you've really grown to enjoy it. And and this is just who you are now. And we all need to get used to it. It's, just, it's, it's just as difficult it. as difficult as that may be. Anyway, I tweeted that picture out without his beard. I almost That's didn't it. Recognize We're done. No more questions. <laughs> All right. Well, that will do it for tonight's episode of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for producing most of the music you hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next Thursday night. Until then... Take it from me, A.J. Moyer. Keep your elbows in, eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. 
All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five.